Hey everyone, it's a beautiful Friday night, at least in this part of the world. Thank you for joining me in studio. This is a live show, yes! This is Reverend Tashi's Talks. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. It is always my pleasure to remind you that a good God can do great things in your life. In this episode of Reverend Tash's Talks, we are talking about dating, sex, and relationships. So, go get your family members if you have teens at home or young adults. Give them a call and let's open up the discussion. Thank you so much for joining me. Wow. Awesome. 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 I see that there are some persons in studio. Thank you so much for joining and I should have someone calling in any minute now, but let's get started. So dating, sex and relationship, you know, in one sense, it appears that we, we live in a hookup culture. That's what I want to call it. A hookup culture. There are too many people who feel that they must always be in some kind of relationship, even if it's just for one night. And we see it in the movies. Even the preteens are hooking up. Everybody has to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And, you know, on the heels of that, we see various models as well of relationships various models of relationships and uh, usually these relationships that are varied from what is normal according to god's standard is really a representation of a corruption of what god intended for relationships that would lead to marriage but that's not the focus of this talk today So we want to begin with dating. What is it? Is it important? How should Christians engage in dating? And when should Christians start the dating process? I want to make it very clear that the information here, we're really targeting teens, young adults who are Christians, who are asking questions. But I assure you that there will be information that everybody, regardless of your age and stage in life, can benefit from. So I have one of those young adult Christian voices representing here tonight. Hi, Lady Eni. How are you? (laughs) Hi. I'm okay. Uh, Thank you so much for joining. So you are right on time and we are talking about dating, 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 dating. It's a hot topic today. So tell me, what is out there on the ground? What's going on on the dating scene? What is it really, though? Um, you mean in the in the scene of us, um, young adults, young persons? Yes, 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 yes. Um, well, 
for me personally, like dating is where you are, you know, attracted to somebody of the opposite sex, and then you're trying to build a relationship with them. So you're trying to get to know the person better. You're trying to, you know, get to know what the person likes, their dislikes. I'm, you know, you're trying to feel out what this person is like in, in um to to build a relationship into being marriage, going to marriage. So that is okay. what you're looking for when you're dating, like us young person. Well, okay. as a Christian person. All right, great. And you know, I I love the fact that you mentioned attraction. I love the fact that you mentioned attraction. Do you think that maybe some persons, you know, maybe there's a love at first sight thing that might be going on that people might see each other, see somebody and say, you know, I really love that girl or I love that guy. So that they pursue dating out of that. Have you ever seen or experienced or heard about that happening? Yes, I have um, seen uh, persons who have seen uh, um, somebody and said, yes, you know that I like this person. But to me, that is kind of infatuation because, I mean, you're just seeing somebody, you just like them for their physical, um, physical, that's what you're seeing. You just see the person and like them. You just don't know what the person might turn out to be eventually. But you just see somebody and be like, oh, yeah, I like this person because either them look good. And if, if, if you're like me, you like the beard type. So I would see somebody with a beard and be like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot, you know. So, yeah, I've seen persons who um, would date somebody just because, you know, they see them for the first time and then they like them. Okay, that's great. I see that we have Lady Renee joining us tonight as well. Renee, you are live. Hi, good night, everyone. Hi, good night. So I hope you heard we're talking about dating and we're talking about, you know, why people date in the first place and that kind of thing. And we were just talking about attraction that, you know, people start the dating process because they see each other and they are physically attracted to each other. So I was kind of exploring that, you know, do you have any thoughts on, you know, the whole matter of dating as in what is it and is it important for Christians to date? Well, I strongly believe it is uh, important for Christians to date. Um, the only concern I'm having now is, uh, especially for female Christians, it is difficult for us to find someone to date. So not only the attraction and being attracted physically to, to someone, but also the persons available to, you know, to go on these dates with him. All right. And let me mention to those who are in studio, thank you so much for joining us again. This is Reverend Tash's Talks. Uh, Lady Renee is representing the adult, adult voice. Okay. So Lady Eve is looking at the young adult <laughs> voice and Lady Renee is looking at the adult, adult voice. But I want to mention quickly, you know, we talk about... Uh, there is this interplay, I believe, between lust, infatuation, and love. 
And I want to make it clear, um, Ines spoke about infatuation just now, that, you know, she feels that when people see others and say, you know, I really like this person, or I love this person, it might just be a matter of infatuation because they are moving so quickly, you know? But uh, um, as it relates to that interplay between lust, infatuation, and love, infatuation is usually... Uh, something about uh, butterflies. It can be the butterflies that you feel and the goosebumps and, you know, the can't eat, can't sleep kind of feeling. And, you know, infatuation generally is something that happens instantly. But love takes time to grow. So attraction and desire can occur separately from emotions. I want to put that out there. Attraction and desire can occur separately from emotions. Attraction and desire are simply physiological responses to stimuli in that what we see, hear, and feel, if, if we're drawn to it, if we like it, then we, it will result in attraction and desire. So this is really not enough for us to readily you know, seriously take on someone per se. We have to give things time to develop and unfold and get to know persons, you know, and that kind of thing. So that's where it's at, where dating is concerned. And we're looking at whether or not it is important. But how should Christians engage in the dating process? And when should they start? Let me hear from the young adult voice. When should Christians start dating? <laughs> um, all right. So before I go into that, there was something that um, Lady Renee said that actually um, played back in my mind. She said something about that like, cannot. It's hard for Christians to find somebody out there. Um, from personally, I really don't think that it's hard for Christians to find people out there i just feel like sometimes we have um we have a picture of a specific person that we have in mind we have we have um that quality that we so desire in a person and we have that thing that we want the person that sh that should have that the person should have and so like we're going into dating with this mind that oh this person is supposed to be this way or the person is supposed to look like that or act like that but then when somebody comes in and the person is like not like that, is that we don't we don't necessarily give the person a chance or give the person a try to, you know, prove themselves to us. So yeah, I just wanted to, you know, give my views on that point. So as as it relates to um how Christians should date and when is the right time. <laughs> When is the right time for a Christian to date? Um, well, I think that at any point, because I've seen young young Christians and young adults who are who have been married at eighteen, at nineteen. So I don't really think there is a timeline. Although you know you want somebody to be mature and can handle what comes what comes on in marriage but i would not say that there's a specific timeline to say okay this person has to you have to be married by this age or engage in dating at this age or that age but i would say the person should be mature enough um 
how Christians should be now. Alright, so prayer should be a main source in going into um dating. Like um the person Christian should pray about our dating life, we should pray about our partner, should pray about persons that we're interested in interested in and ask the holy spirit to guide us in the dating process and guide us in like meeting the right person because a lot of times people out there are not so some men out there are just not so nice so i mean when you're when you're leading by the holy spirit then you know god will protect you from going into some certain relationships and engaging yourself into people that are just going to waste your time. So I would say um, prayer should be um, the biggest part of how Christians should date. All right, great. Thank you so much for that response. Uh, Lady Renee, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up this section of the conversation? Well, um, there are so many things that I could say, but um, I will keep my comments and thoughts for another time because um, I am a very powerful person. And if I tell the audience and everybody out there my age, you're going to say, you're not praying enough, you're not fasting enough. But I have been praying for over 12 years to find a suitable companion. And up until this point, I've not been on five dates. Just put it like that. All right. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for being so candid. And and I think that Lady Renee is uh, articulating a concern that many Christians have, you know, because uh, they quality or caliber of men in the church those who are of a high quality or caliber so to speak are already taken by the time you get to a certain age and all of that so it is a challenge but i'm sure that we could say a lot of things and when persons hear stories like renee's they they, they make a lot of assumptions you know but the, what she has experienced and is experiencing is a real concern for others so you know that's for another discussion i think that's good if we could have another talk about that finding mr right or miss right and where are the men but that's not it for now <laughs> but i want to say thank you for thank you lady Ine representing the young adult voice you spoke about prayer and being prayerful in your pursuit and you also spoke about the fact that you wouldn't really place a specific age group to when you should start dating because you've seen very young people get married and they are you know working at it and they're okay and so on and you say it's a matter of maturity so i want to commend you for what you have said and, you know, I see a comment in the studio room from Mr. Plummer saying sound advice there from the young lady. But I want to just wrap up this section of our talk about dating just to say, to make it clear to, to, make it clear to everybody that uh, dating really should be a time of getting to know someone else and a time of evaluation. That's the first thing. It should be a time of evaluation. And if you are ready for what dating can lead to, then 
you can go ahead with it. But if you are not ready for what it can lead to, then you really should wait. Don't engage in dating. Because dating for the Christian shouldn't be dating for dating's sake. But it should be that if this were to progress into courtship, engagement, and marriage, that you are ready for that. If you're not ready, don't bother with engage anybody in, in dating, that kind of thing. And, you know, just a word of advice to preteens and teens who, you know, may be listening along with your parent or so that uh, at, at your stage, mingle with boys and girls in a mixed group setting. You know, do some mingling, mingling like in a church youth group or something like that. Because uh, as Lady Ini spoke about maturity, I want to add something to that in terms of time frame. While I wouldn't put an age on it, I think that there is a foundation that both males and females should have. Complete high school, move on to college, set up yourself, get a job, you're financially capable and all of that. You're growing in your relationship with the Lord and of course you are remaining prayerful. Those are some of the basic things that should be in place when you are thinking about dating that could possibly lead to marriage in the future. All right. So the, the talk is not yet over because we're going to talk about sex now, but let us take a few seconds break. are back for the second half of our talk thank you so much for staying with us we are talking about dating sex and relationships and we were just talking about dating now we're gonna move on to talk about sex and one of the things that i want to uh highlight in this conversation is uh, some of the lies that exist ab uh, about premarital sex and so on but, you know, we are living in a sex-saturated culture. And uh, when we talk about waiting until we are married, a lot of people find that to be old-fashioned and almost laughable. But that's what God says. So I want to hear from these two ladies who are chatting with me tonight. What are your views on this sex issue? You know, is is there is it an issue anyway? Uh, is is there such a thing as sexual purity? Is it possible? 
you know, what are your thoughts on this whole matter of sex and premarital sex and, and so on in terms of what God says and what you see out there on the ground? So who wants to go first? <laughs> All right, so let's hear from you, Ine. <laughs> uh, um okay. So in the light of sex now I think it is very possible for us as believers, as young Christians to live a sexual pure life. Uh, although that's not what we see, especially in like social media, when you go on like the Instagrams and the YouTube and everything. So it is not really what we are seeing as young persons to live sexually pure. In the social media light, we are seeing that, you know, it's okay to to just have sex with anybody and you know as long as they like the person you know it is okay to just have sex with the person but i mean sex is is deeper than just you know having just casual sex with anybody or just sleeping around with anybody just because you know for pleasure for fun and you know those kind of thing but we as young people do understand that you know it is more to sex than just penetration right and we're not taught that there's more to sex than just penetration and because of our culture now that we live in everything is you want it you go get it so if you feel an urge or if you feel like you want to have sex with somebody that is fine it just can go and you know do what you want to do just to please yourself and that's the society that we live in and so it is very hard, especially for us young persons as Christians, to live sexually pure. And that is why I think it is important for us to have discussions like these that we can talk and say, you know, it is possible for us to live sexually pure. It is possible for us to, you know, present our bodies as, you know, living sacrifices and pleasing on, unto the Lord. And uh, mm -hmm. so my view on sex is that it's not just about, you know, just penetration or anything like that. It's more to, there's just more to sex. And uh, we as young persons don't know that, you know, the person that you're having sex with, you can build a soul, soul tie with them. And then us as young people have so many problems and so many issues. And we just don't know where all these problems and issues are coming from when it's stemming from you know our you know it's it's stemming from just us just doing whatever that we please with our bodies and whatever that we want with our bodies so that is my view all right thank you lady ready do you well do i think it is possible well i know it is possible um i have been living the christian life for 25 years and come this year and i know it is possible and i agree with our young system because we need to present our bodies as living sacrifice 
I also want us to think about the scripture from Corinthians, which reminds us that our bodies are temples of the living God. We are not our own because we were bought with a price. We are here to glorify God with our bodies. And we know, as was said earlier, that sex is not just physical. There is also a spiritual component to it. And I have been trying, not doing it on my own, but with the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, I have been living the pure life, as some would call it. So I know without a shadow of a doubt that it is indeed possible. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. And, uh, you know, while we can all agree that it is possible with the help of the Holy Spirit, there are so many Christians who are still struggling in this area. And I like the fact that uh, both... That, that I would have gotten that when we talk about sexual purity, it's not just about sexual intercourse, abstaining from sexual intercourse, but it's abstaining from all other forms of sex. And when you read Galatians chapter five, which talks about the works of the flesh and it speaks about sexual immorality. It's a compound word there in the Greek that speaks to a number of things in addition or including fornication. But I want to quickly talk about three lies that exist about premarital sex. What do I mean by premarital sex? I am talking about engaging in sexual activity prior to marriage, outside of marriage, pre-marriage, before being married. Engaging in sexual activity as an unmarried person. The Bible makes it clear that sex was God's idea and it is reserved or should be reserved for married people. A husband and a wife together doing this as an expression of their love for each other. So one of the lies that exist is that the scriptures that talk about sexual immorality, that those scriptures are outdated. And that is a lie. If we are going to discard what aspect of scripture, then we can't not discard other aspects. So in other words, we can't pick and choose what we want to listen to and what we want to follow in the Bible. We won't take it all, all of it as it is in, in, in terms of its instructions, its principles, and so on. Or we are going to just discard all of it. So the scripture there talking about it being outdated, it is not outdated. It is still relevant and important and useful for life and godliness in this very day and age. I want to say quickly that... Uh, I want to say quickly that uh, um, scripture, in terms of the principles and so on that exist there still relevant for life and the instruction that God gives us. I want to read quickly um, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 21, where Paul was making uh, a little statement here, and he says, I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged 
so the scriptures there are true and still important for us to live by. The second lie about premarital sex is that sex produces intimacy. Sex produces intimacy. And I want to, to read for you a quote from Alice Freiling, who wrote an article called Why Wait for Sex? And this is what she said. She said, genital sex is an expression of intimacy, not the means to it. True intimacy, she says, springs from verbal and emotional communion. True intimacy is built on a commitment to honesty, love, and freedom. True intimacy is not primarily a sexual encounter. Intimacy, in fact, almost, she says, intimacy, in fact, has almost nothing to do with our sex organs. A prostitute may expose her body, but her relationships are hardly intimate. So, in other words, if young people or older people or any single Christian thinks that coming together and engaging in sexual activity with somebody else is going to bring them closer and make them more intimate, mm -hmm. then they would have had it in the wrong direction. So the intimacy comes first, not the other way around. And then the third lie about premarital sex is that sex can help you determine compatibility. So this is the whole idea about test driving, doing some test drive before. But what that mm -hmm. does, all the, 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 the studies and interviews and surveys and authors have said that those who are highly exposed sexually prior to marriage tend to have less satisfying sex lives in marriage because of the reality of being in a position where they can't help but to compare. So there is the comparison and the dissatisfaction that is associated with this high exposure prior to marriage. So God's way is the best way. And I want to say Michael Lawrence also wrote a an, an article and I liked what he said. He said the Bible teaches that we should reserve sexual intimacy for marriage for no other reason than that if we are Christians, we belong to God. Sex outside of marriage is not only a sin against ourselves and our partner, but a fraudulent misrepresentation of God and a cruel distortion of the intimacy he created to be a picture of the eternal intimacy of the Trinity itself. And I think that uh, that was well, well said there. So we are almost at the end of our talk about dating, sex, and relationships. I'm just going to give my guests just a few seconds to say any last words that they might have. And then I will be closing off by giving our audience a little, you know, so that's a little thing to go with. Little tidbits. Any last words, ladies? Well, ladies. for me, um, I love this topic so much. Dating, sex, and relationship. For years, I have been 
trying to answer a lot of questions. But I must say that being here tonight has helped me to look into my life and to see that God has more in store for us as Christians as it relates to dating, sex, and relationship. And I'm so looking forward to meeting Mr. Right at the right time in God's timing. So have a good night, everyone. All right. Any last word, Lady Eni? Um, well, I also enjoy this topic because this is one of the topics that I like and because it is something that I think um, it's not really spoken more about, especially in our setting. It's not really touched. It's like people are afraid to talk about sex and dating and, you know, to help us know that, you know, you can wait on God, though you don't need to rush the process. You need to wait on God. You need to trust God. To know that yes, he's going to bring the right person at the right at the right time, and don't go out testing everybody because you don't want to bring in things when the when God brings the right person, you don't want to bring in things in your relationship that is going to hinder your ministry. And so, yeah, that is my last words. You know, kids, stay in the line of God. He will and always delivers. Amen. And with that said, I want to just leave our audience with three things as we are closing off this talk on dating, sex, and relationships. Number one, I encourage all Christians to pursue a commitment to sexual purity. Pursue a commitment to sexual purity. And I'm going to define sexual purity. This is what it is. Sexual purity is the conscious decision to reserve sexual activity for marriage it applies to a person's actions attitudes and being deliberate to guard the heart and mind it's knowing by faith that we are worth more than short-term pleasures and that god has something better planned for us so when we talk about sexual purity it's not only it's not only not engaging in sexual intercourse, genital sex before marriage, but no oral sex, no heavy petting, no feel up, no nothing at all. There are so many other things that you, that, that, that people should be getting to know about another person that when that time comes, the time God intended, which is uh, in marriage, it will be worth the wait because God knows best and God knows why he gives us the instructions that he does. And I, I take God at his word. So the first thing is to pursue a commitment to sexual purity. The second thing is establish some non-negotiables and personal boundaries. And anybody who knows me knows that I always talk about non-negotiables. Every Christian must have some biblical principles holding on dear to their heart that they are not going to negotiate on because this is what God says non-negotiables and in terms of personal boundaries i give this advice three things don't put hand under clothes don't take off clothes and don't lie down together if you if you if you stay away from those doing any of those three things you're, you're kind of going to stay in line 
you know, along with some other things. But th those are good boundary markers, I think. And finally, actively seek to build healthy relationships. Things like respect, mutual understanding, trust, honesty, mm -hmm. communication, and support. These are all what I'm calling now soft skills that we would do well as individuals to develop because these are fundamental to healthy relationships. So um, in other words, and I want to speak to every single person out there, single male, single man, single woman, if you were to meet Mr. or Miss Wright tomorrow and the Lord gave you a revelation and you know that this is it, we are compatible, we like each other very much, this is going somewhere and we know that this is God's will for both of us to be together and so on, will you be ready to be that wife or that husband? Are you really ready? Are you ready to make that adjustment in your own life? Are you ready to care for someone in a selfless way? Now, as you ask yourself these questions, if you cannot confidently answer in the affirmative, then it is just an indication mm -hmm. of the things that you need to work on. It's not that this is, there's no hope for you, but these are things that you can work on in the meantime. So that's it for today's talk. Thank you so much for joining, and it has been great. You are listening to Reverend Tash's Talks. See you next week, same time, for The Hangouts. We are totally out of time. It has been interesting. A part two may be somewhere in the making, but let us get your feedback, please. Just find some way to feedback, give us feedback, and you can check out the website, revtcviews.podbean.com. Make sure you subscribe and share with your friends and your family. Goodbye, God bless you, and thanks for hanging out.